Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira. And I'm Des. And here we are. This is going to be the most relaxed uh, sounding FisherCast you'll ever hear. Um, mainly because uh, we're recording on a Monday night. I have barely any time to edit, so there won't be the traditional breaks or anything like that, but you did just hear the theme song, so at least I cobbled that together, right? And also the fact that uh, Des is uh, especially relaxed this week. Yes, I am. I'm relaxed at the beach condo. I'm sitting on the balcony watching the waves. Woohoo! Good for you. <laughs> it's awesome. So you might hear the gentle sounds of like w- waves crashing and seagulls flying and you know. And in my yes. case you can hear the gentle sound of wine lapping in the wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my relaxing place. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm just imagining Des on horseback with Bettina and Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> no, and being I the don't... one that offers to kill the horse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll take care of the stupid horse. Bam. Oh, no, listen. I went and saw War Horse this weekend in Toronto, and it's a fabulous play. And there is a scene in the play where they have to put one of the horses down, and it was no. very sad. No. So, oh. <laughs> How did you feel such emotion for what was probably made out of cardboard and paper? You know what? <laughs> no, seriously. It was made out of like wood and things, but honestly, no word of a lie. By the time you're halfway through that play, you forget their puppets. You, yeah. Their little ears twitch and their little tails flick. Well, they're not little. They're big. And people can actually ride them. Wow. The horses in the play. Like, wow. it's, it's phenomenal. Mm. Like, you, you just – it's really hard to explain, but you honestly forget. Like, you know how a horse kind of reaches down with its little nose and it roots around in a pail of oats and all that kind of thing? I mean, it does all those little horse mannerisms just perfectly, and you get totally suckered into it. It's awesome. Does it go Wilbur? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> it does not talk, okay? <laughs> For the young ones out there, there was a show called Mr. Ed, and it was a horse that talked. <laughs> um, there was also a talking mule, but whatever. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, we do not have a guest uh, tonight. Um it seems that Gabby is in the habit of canceling podcasts constantly, and <laughs> ours is uh, no different than any other. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice on Facebook, I, I actually, before I knew Gabby was canceling, I put like a disclaimer saying, <laughs> well, you know, in theory, we're supposed to have Gabby, but hey. <laughs> you never know. Because lately well, we seem to be having a lot of scheduling conflicts. <laughs> she is in the process of moving, so we can't fault her too much, I suppose. Uh, but Des uh, called no, in from a condo. Yet. She's not moving quite yet. She's not moving I'm on yet. vacation, damn it. If I'm if I could do it, you know, she could blow off that work thing she's got. Seriously. <laughs> We're more important than a job. Come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Get your priorities straight, Gabby. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so uh, let's move into our first segment, the Darwin Awards, and this is the time when we talk about idiots that kill themselves and uh, are dumb. Um, oh, did you guys hear those ducks? <laughs> nope. The, the no. boy duck was chasing off the girl duck, and they're really loud. <laughs> There's a lot of ducks. Okay, go ahead. They're done. <laughs> Thank you for Nature Watch. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nature Watch 2012. <laughs> uh, so this one's called Fast Food Fatality. Uh, the felonious antics of two fast food managers ended tragically when their robbery cover-up scheme went up in smoke. Lisa, 22-year-old night manager of Burger King, conspired with the 34-year-old day manager to heist over $4,000 from the restaurant. They staged an elaborate fake robbery slash arson in which Lisa acted the part of the victim, bound with duct tape and trapped in the walk-in cooler, while her co-conspirator started a small fire and walked off with a duffel bag of cash. The key part of their plan was the quick rescue of Lisa by the local fire department. Unfortunately, the wastebasket fire went unnoticed until the morning shift arrived to find a slowly burning smolder uh, that had never erupted into the desired blaze. The air from the open door caused the smolder to burst into flames and the firefighters were summoned. They found Lisa in the freezer, chilled and semi-conscious and rushed her to a hospital where she died from hypothermia. Wow. When police uh, nabbed her bungling 34-year-old accomplice with the cash stashed in a Burger King bag, she tearfully confessed the details of the crime, implicating Lisa in her own death. Her account was verified by the fact that Lisa's body showed no signs of forced restraint. The duct tape actually was loose, and she could have easily have freed herself from her bindings and escaped from the unlocked fridge. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, okay, Daddy, how long... How long do you stay in there, you know, say, oh, I'll wait for the firemen before you say, okay, firemen apparently are not coming. It's time to get myself out of this mess. You know, I mean, really, before hypothermia <laughs> sets in, hopefully. I was thinking the same thing. Oh, my God, you'd be, you'd be shivering and shaking and suffering. I would get the heck out of there. Maybe wow. she thought there was a giant fire going on outside. <laughs> she was scared to come out. Yeah, but it would have wow. warmed her up some <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. that's a true darwin award <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh this is the part where we take a break and hear from uh, a podcasting friend so uh let, let's quickly talk about observer cast <laughs> since i'm not gonna put it in <laughs> observer cast is a fringe intro cast it's hosted by uh, a couple friends of the show uh simone and of course kelly joe um, and, uh, yeah, they're watching French for the first time. If there's a couple other co-hosts, I don't know them very well. I think one of them's name is Ace and, uh, I'm sorry. I'm terrible. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, check their show out. Uh, it's another part of the intro cast community of shows and, uh, yeah, you can search for them on iTunes under observer cast. Um, any, anything you guys want to say about well, the show? Yeah, just that Fringe is... I love Fringe. It's a great show. I know Me there's been too. some controversy about this year, but I've really enjoyed it. It's unique. It's different. It has giant overreaching story arcs and sci-fi elements and uh, sort of magical mystery. Not magic, but mystery. And it is very cool and very well acted. So I would highly recommend it. I agree with Moira 100%. I watched a movie the other day, and um, it had the uh, the main observer guy. What was his name? September? September, yeah. Yeah. He uh, he was in the movie. It was called Stakeland, and he was, like, the head of this cult. He was horrible. Not his acting, but, like, the character was just <laughs> a horrible, horrible character. He was really good in it. <laughs> well, all I have to say is I hope they enjoy the first three seasons. Oh, don't uh, listen to Robin. He's do been, not. Oh, don't listen to Robin. 
Yeah, Robin is. He's is the minority. Crazy. Everyone. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's great. I'm like the the Matt loves TV of Fringe, where like <laughs> he hates season four of Six Feet Under, and I hate season four of Fringe. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so time for open casket viewing, and we have a synopsis by Moira. Indeed. Alrighty, it is season four, episode nine, grinding the corn. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it that way. Keith introduces David to a new fear. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth and her friend Bettina yay, hit the road to Mexico. Edie gives Claire the brush off. Billy woo, subs in at Claire's art school. Nate makes Brenda take up an old bad habit. Okay, I would debate the word make. Yeah, me too. Anything, but anyway. George, Nate, and Rico encounter some unwelcome guests at the Fisher and Diaz funeral home. Later, Nate has a revealing dream about Brenda, written by Rick Cleveland and directed by Alan Queso. I would have to debate revealing dream about Brenda, too. Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think it was all about just that. but I guess When I we know. get to it, we really do need to try to yeah. unravel it, because it's bizarre. Yeah, um, you guys are probably as puzzled about that as I am about grinding the corn. So uh, <laughs> why don't we uh, get into the episode? I must first mention that this was nominated but didn't win um, for a couple of Emmys, including costume design, Death Man, and art direction. Dollhouse, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. So uh, didn't win, though. So, um, so we start off with... Uh, an alternate uh, universe version of me if I never got married. <laughs> <laughs> I actually literally awesome pointed opening deaths ever. I have to say, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs> I literally pointed at the screen. I was like, that would be me without you, honey. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, Lawrence Tuttle, he's scrambling for cash. He's on the phone with his friend Norbert. He's trying to make the, the rent and, uh, um, Norbit says that, uh, hey, you know, I'll, I'll buy that Blue Swister number one off you. And he says, I'm never selling it. I, I've made a will and I'm going to be buried with it. And we're all like, okay, he's going to die any second now. Clearly, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he reaches why for he, the... Sorry. Why would he want to be buried with that? I mean, it's like a rare issue. Why wouldn't he want somebody else to enjoy it? You know, I mean, that's just selfish. What a jerk. I would have to say that uh, uh, there are many fanboys out there that have uh, uh, collectible things that wouldn't want anybody to touch it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but if you're dead, if you're dead, why not let another fanboy enjoy it as much as you? You know, your family could, well, he doesn't have a family, but like, you know, somebody could sell it and have the money and, you know, pay for your funeral expenses and then somebody else could enjoy it and you're not the selfish jerk who took a rare comic book to his that there's probably only so many issues out, you know? I think he loves the idea precisely of that, that it is rare and coveted and it would be only his forevermore and everyone Mm. would be jealous. What an asshole. This is why he's (laughs) a loner and his friends don't like him, you know? (laughs) He's a ginormous geek. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? Okay, look, I'm a big geek too, but the, the difference between me and him, the reason why I'm not a loser and he is, is because I have balance in my life. I have other things in my life than just 
geeky stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, just... Yeah, that's why I said ginormous, because he has nothing else. I thought it was a hilarious set where, where they had all of the banker's boxes. And at first, when they opened on that scene, I thought, you know, what is what are in all these boxes? Who is this guy? Is he some, you know, weird little accountant twirling away files? And then it obviously became apparent quickly what they were. But <laughs> yeah. when you look at the way they did the set, you think of the number of... Com- this guy could be more than one of the Comic-Con vendors. Where I, When I was at yeah. Comic-Con and I was in the comic book section because I was buying comic books for a friend, which, by the way, was a very cool experience. But anyway, um, and these people just have, you know, like, I don't know, reams and reams and reams of these things. And this guy, he had more than most of them. And I bet he doesn't do anything with them but let them sit there and just, you know, revel in the fact that he has things that are worth money instead of enjoying them or, you know what I mean? That just bugs me. He's a collector. I was geeking out a bit by some of the things in his room, so it was was pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, I was kind of sad that... The book isn't real, right? Yeah, the blue twister is not real. Just clarifying, okay. Um, So, uh, yeah, shelf falls on him and kills him <laughs> um so uh we're at uh not a very typical breakfast at the fishers it's just the <laughs> two single guys uh rico slurping yeah. cereal and george i don't know biting on a piece of straw or something it's picking his teeth totally, he just totally looks like he's resenting rico's every breath there's so yes. funny to watch they don't <laughs> like each other much and all, and all i could think of was like oh yay my two favorite characters on the show <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> please be an episode all about them please uh, oh god <laughs> i find it funny rico is trying to totally mind psych george you know um like I think he is anyway when he says the mm-hmm. thing about, uh, oh, yes, that's totally what you should do, <laughs> George, with respect to I just cracked up. <laughs> oh, you thought he, you thought. I don't uh, think he meant it. I think. I he, think he did, meant I, it. I don't think he meant it. I think he, he um, was saying it because he wanted George to screw up more because he doesn't like him. That's how I <laughs> see. I, I thought that that was something Rico since, you know. He, like, kind of threw away his marriage and everything, so now he's the kind of guy who's like that, who thinks that's a good idea. No, because I think he's still desperate to be back with Vanessa, so. He may be desperate, but he's also, like, dumb an as asshole. a box of rots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. He's like, well, I yeah, guess I'll do that. you could play it either way, but yeah. I just think it would be funnier if you were trying to psych George out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so we find out here that, uh, Ruth has been staying at Bettina's, um, so she's not in Topanga Canyon, but she's with Bettina at her place. I thought Bettina lived with Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Only when Sarah's high. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think she she is there quite frequently, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. And Nate, yeah, comes in and he tells George, you know. You gotta eat some crow. It's time to, it's time to, you know, say you're sorry. You know, even if you don't mean it, I don't. Think, you know, just say it. Just you gotta just say it and move on, basically. And, so and of course, George will not let Ruth win. Right. Yeah. You know, and, that's what he's all about. Yeah, and the best line is when Nate says, "You guys are more pathetic than I am." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean I find those and we agree funny. Ah, yes. they're so funny yes um, and uh, David and Keith's uh, David's glad that uh, they're not doing an open relationship anymore and Keith 
decides to tell him all about what happened with Celeste. Can I just interject for a second and aside? Uh, uh, okay. Rico was eating cereal for breakfast, and Keith and David are eating cereal for breakfast. So what is it with the Fishers? Like, they all have to have sex together, and they all have to eat the same breakfast foods <laughs> at the same time. It's the oddest thing. Well, you know, if you don't have Ruth or Sarge cooking for you, you know. Yes. <laughs> right. Maybe that's the issue, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith says it's an accident. <laughs> it was an accident with Celeste. <laughs> and there's David. And you just happen yes. to fall into her vagina. <laughs> I love that because people who say it's an accident, that's, you know, that's always the reply. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great line. <laughs> um, and yeah, David worries that Keith might be switching teams. At uh, Edie's door, we have Claire knocking and Anita answers and says that Edie is over her and Ugh. she's a bit upset because she got... Claire got grossed out by her pussy. So, so, so what's the okay, deal with Anita? Seriously? Cause, yeah, because I, when I, Anita was there, first of all, I didn't think, well, I guess Edie and Anita were friends, but you didn't get the impression from the last few episodes that they'd really been hanging out with each other all that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I saw Anita, Anita there, sorry, I was thinking in my brain, wait a minute, is Anita bi? Like, is something going on between her and Edie? I don't know. I was thinking that it's really kind of dumb of Edie to be so um, uh, upset and, you know, acting so um, hurt about it. She knew Claire was straight. She practically forced her. You know what I mean? She was like on her and on her and on her about getting with her. And then now when she just says, yeah, it's just not for me, just like I tried to tell you before, you know, now you're going to be all hurt and, you know, (laughs) Yeah, and I was surprised too because I got the impression that when they were together that night, that they sort of talked it through. Yeah, yeah. So and they weren't upset. Yeah. So this did surprise me, but I yeah yeah, I agree with you. I think it's weird, but it was just perplexing to me that Anita was there because I didn't think oh it's kind of creepy. I was well, you know what? I thought maybe Anita's like mm, felt like kind of left out of things and mm-hmm. so she decided to jumble the situation and exactly. you know yes. get in there so that she's yeah. important to someone. I That's think exactly so because she I was felt. being excluded before <laughs> by Claire and yeah. Edie so this is her getting her own back I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah Claire says she didn't know what to do with Edie's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole conversation in the hallway, I thought, okay, no way would I be admitting that to Anita. <laughs> you know, that's the conversation you have with the person whose pussy you rejected, not with friend of pussy. That's just <laughs> not good form and highly embarrassing. <laughs> anyway. Um, Nate and David are kind of sharing a silent giggle as they're trying to counsel Lawrence's friends. Uh, I called this up the big guy flat top. I don't, they didn't say what his name was. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Norbert, who was, who was the guy who was on the phone with Lawrence at the beginning. Um, yeah, they used to work at a comic book shop together and called Heidi Ho. <laughs> and, uh, wow. they're both huge blue twister fans. They belong to this huge society of blue twister fans. So, um, yeah, so Norbert turns over Blue Twister number one and makes sure everybody, including the audience, knows that it's extremely rare, it's yeah. extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, and apparently when Lawrence died, he made a noise like, <laughs> why they felt it necessary to tell us that I know not, but again, it was funny. I just made my, in my notes, I said, these are geeks beyond geeks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just, you know, totally waxing poetic over this comic book. It's yeah. So I mean. Okay, this is also why you have no friends, because when somebody mentions offhand a little bit about a, you know, something you're into, that doesn't mean that you go into a five-minute spiel about the whole thing and how awesome it is. You know what I mean? Give <laughs> yeah. me a break. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Des acts like she doesn't never gone to Comic-Con before. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an uber geek like that. There is nothing that I am so fanatical about that, you know, like that at all. Anything. Um, okay, so at Patina's place, uh, she's telling her daughter Marcy over the phone to give her lawyer a blowjob for getting her off the charges or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> a mother that would tell a daughter to give their lawyer a blowjob for uh, yeah, performing but you their don't duties. Know she <laughs> necessarily serious so it's okay <laughs> wow she must have been a riot to have as a mom i don't know yes <laughs> yes i bet she was well that's probably why her daughter's so fucked up <laughs> she's like maggie chenna with uh or margaret chenna with light <laughs> oh, no. see no but at least i don't know bettina is not like uh right. margaret's just a jerk <laughs> Mar- margaret's much more self-interested bettina yeah. in the end will yeah. rise to the challenge and help out her kid so. Well, that's why I'm right. saying light. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she's amusing. She's She'd funny. She'd be an well. interesting yeah. mother. I'm and then sure. a wonderful thing happens next, Robin. Okay, so Maya <laughs> is being freaking adorable. <laughs> she is. Oh she has my a goodness! She says no. <laughs> <laughs> she says it multiple times this episode. Yes, but this is her first one. Yeah. The only word she knows. And it shows she's wise. Would you like to help me do laundry? No. <laughs> okay, you just sit there and look like a little rat face baby. She's beautiful. Anyway, I'm sure the listeners are tired of hearing this argument. So, um, Bettina is very restless and she's getting a little annoyed at being all cooped up with hey, it's uh, been a long time. Two weeks yeah. to be apart from your husband and not have spoken a word is a hell of a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, you know, uh Ruth offers to you know, get Nate to take Maya and put her in daycare when he's working, whatever, so they can go away for a couple of days. And uh, she's very much the whole, you know, what do you want to do? What would make you happy? And Bettina, uh, you know, tells her that she has to think of something to think big. Um, so, uh, yeah, Ruth says she's really not ready to go home and make up. And, uh, and then she suggests that um, maybe they go somewhere exotic. Hmm. And then I got excited. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be fun. It yes. wasn't that exotic, but still. <laughs> For Ruth, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice change of pace. Yes. Uh, Nate shows up at Brenda's for a little, you know, banging A little time. corn grinding. <laughs> My note says, Nate and Brenda, rutting as usual. <laughs> <laughs> and Brenda... Brings out the old L word oh, on yeah. total mood killer. That was Ooh. yeah, jeez. 
Uh, so Nate can't handle this, and um, Brenda says she needs to know what he feels for her, and he says it's too intense, and you know he's got he's got a daughter to think about, and she accuses him of using it as an excuse, and she says she really I, I wants agree. to be there for the both of them, mm-hmm. and Nate says no, you couldn't, and leaves, and well, we leave Brenda in tears. Yeah. Nate's- being a total jerk and he does use uh, Maya as an excuse a lot it's ridiculous mm. plus um, I was fixated on the fact that he had done up his, pelt, his belt but he hadn't done up his fly yet and it looked hilarious uh. <laughs> it did, it looked so silly oh, anyway I thought Brenda looked very pretty in that scene with yeah. her single little tear falling mm. on the side uh, Rico calls to talk to Vanessa who immediately puts his son Julio on the phone <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, Julio's wondering when daddy's coming home. So, um, and, uh, yeah, we had the next scene where, um, David's sitting on the couch and <laughs> Keith comes up behind, pulls his shirt open and David's got boobies. Oh, God. Hey, it, it was so, ooh. <laughs> Uh, David is horrified by this, uh, and we see him wake up from a nightmare, shove Keith, and go back to sleep. <laughs> so his insecurities clearly mm. have not taken a back seat, even though Keith dropped everything and came home from the tour to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. So. David's a wuss. This is a bit of the, uh, this is more back and forth with David that, I'm not really happy with this season. How no. one one episode he's freaking losing it. We're really concerned about him, and mm-hmm. then the next we're like, okay, he's got it together. And then the next episode he's losing it. Mm. This episode he's got it together. It's, maybe he's just more focused in on Keith dysfunction than what his own personal crap is. You know? Yeah, it's hard to say. It, it would be sort of satisfying if, at least for me, if they would. Um, have just shown him to go back. You know, his, their counselor, their therapist that they had? Like, it would have been just great if David had just mm-hmm. sought that guy out because they had a good rapport yeah. and talked through his issues. We didn't even have to see it all, you know, just to know he was getting some help. But yeah. this kind of thing where it's showing up now is all this ongoing insecurity is almost, um, to me, it's almost beside the point. Like, it's getting away from what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I f- yeah, I feel like the relationship stuff, we did all that. You know, we were past yeah. that. You know, he we don't need the relationship tensions. He's got enough stuff on his plate right now. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, and I've uh, enjoyed them as a couple, and Keith has been great. Yes. So I would like to be yeah. able to keep seeing that positivity. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have minded David working through his issues, but they, yeah, this this I could do without. So we'll yeah. see. I hope they don't keep, as you said, Rob. I hope they don't keep sort of going back and forth on David forever. Um, it's weird how yeah. they, like, they start off uh, towards the beginning of the season that with this, uh, you know, everything is good, they gotten things together, and now we're having open relationship stuff, which leads into um, uh, Keith wandering away and David, you know, having a horrible carjacking, and then we're back to the okay, well, now we got to put a bow on this open relationship stuff. You know, it's like, it doesn't seem as important as what David went through. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't. uh, You know, I'm not sure. I'm I'm no writer, so I can't say, like, how how can they explore that deeper? And maybe we'll see that in the future. But um, 
as of this point, it seems like, okay, David's worried that Keith's gonna like girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Which Who is cares? totally, I mean, it's just such such a non-realistic fear. All of us as an audience can see that that's not which way Keith is going. Yeah. And that this, you know, Celeste was thrust upon him, literally. It's just <laughs> the only reason he went for it. He kind of thought, what the hell? It's not something he would have sought out for himself, I don't think. And so David should know that. If we all know that, David should. And it's mm-hmm. just funny seeing, like, David having these, like, goofy moments where, like, you could, like, in other episodes we've seen him, like, just losing his shit. Like, mm-hmm. And, like, oh, my God, I was going to come back from that. Well, it, really easy, I guess. And who knows? He just might lose it again. I don't know. So, we'll see. Yeah. I know what you're saying, though, Robin. Uh, so yeah, Ruth and Tina are packing up the van. They're going to Rosarita Beach in Mexico, and uh, Ruth did all the research. And uh, Bettina says, "Hey, you know, you're driving. What the fuck? Let's go to Mexico." And I was excited. I thought, "Yay! Let's have some fun with Bettina and Ruth." A nice change of pace, too. You know, I like that. Yes, a little change of scenery. Let's get Ruth away from George for a little bit. God, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Ruth and Bettina on a road trip are—they're adorable. They yeah. really are. They I are. would love to see more of that. More of them <laughs> hanging out. We've always enjoyed those two as a friendship couple. They're fun together. Yeah. Yes, they really are. Um, and we see Brenda at—I think it's at her university where she's uh, doing this. She's. Um, trying out her therapy magic i guess <laughs> and, uh, yeah she's being supervised as a therapist right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i was wondering if that was like you know, while she was you know talking to the guy i'm like okay so is this like through school or did she get a job already are they are they, is the teacher supervising her did they is this person <laughs> acting out like the therapy session or is this really a person going to ther- therapy how do they find people like that yeah. I was so curious about that. You know, I mean, like, test subjects. It's like, do they advertise and say, you know, like, medical research, they, they advertise for, no, you know, No, no. You know, you know what happens in reality, at least here at the university, is um, uh, let's say you're referring to a psychologist and you make the patient aware, okay, it's a teaching center, so you may well be assigned, um, you know, a trainee. And they will be there will be a supervisor present as well, blah blah blah. And so, and they tend to do it kind of like that. They're often through a one way mirror, and they can therefore you you kind of forget about the mirror after a while, and you can have your interaction have it be relatively normal. But you've got this supervisor that's you know kind of overseeing everything. So yeah, the patients are just informed that that's the deal, and uh, if they're willing to participate, then great. I guess it's kind of like when you go into a teaching hospital for, you know, like surgery or whatever, and they mm-hmm. inform you, hey, you know, it's a teaching hospital. Right. Um, so There'll be yeah. a resident involved in your care. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. Yep. Oh, I didn't think about it because I guess, well, is she doing psychology or psychiatry? Psychology. Because psychiatry, to be a psychiatrist, yeah. To be a psychiatrist, right. Yeah, no, psychiatrist, you have to be a doctor first. Right, like get your MD and then do your psychiatry training. And for a psychologist, that is a separate thing you can do basically through a university degree and then extra courses. So you could do it and be um, just somebody with a degree, or you could have been a social worker first, or what have you. But they get yeah extra training in psychology. So that's what Brenda's okay. doing. 
That's that's what I thought. So I guess the the university is probably like uh, one that's connected with the hospital, like medical kind of thing. Yeah, usually there's a some kind of a reciprocal sort of arrangement. Exactly. See, I never thought about this for you know psychology, um, how they would go about you know getting their training and yeah. everything. Like yeah. like with medical doctors, you know they they go in the hospital and they work in a hospital while they're students. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, similar. Uh, you know, luckily we didn't have the TV trope of, uh, you know, Bob decides to become a doctor. Oh, two weeks later, he's a doctor on the yes. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, at least they show she's still training, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's that realistic. If she's, I, I, I don't know what her, her background before this was. Uh, well, to be fair, they never clear, so I'm, I'm yeah. willing to do an SOD on that. I'll suspend yeah. my disbelief. But I thought the uh, the scene itself had the creepiest lighting, the way the table yes. seemed mm-hmm. to glow from within. I mean, I realized it was just a light over the table, but it looked like one of those um, photographer's tables, you know, where you put the negatives on, on, the, on the light source and you can see everything through them. It reminded me of that. <laughs> so it was eerie. It was, or it's like when you play flashlight when you're a kid. And you're telling horror stories around the campfire because the lighting was on the table and not really so much on them, which is weird. Yeah, it was very weird. And I was thinking if I was that patient, I would be totally, like, stressed out even more with that lighting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was creepy. But great for the scene. It was just creepy. I wouldn't be. Pretty Rachel Griffith sitting across the table from me. I'd be all, like, wishy-washy and blushing. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so yeah, she's talking to Byron about his phobia of bridges and she tries to imag- make him imagine him crossing a bridge, but, uh, fortunately in his mind, he jumped off halfway across. <laughs> and Afterward- my take on Byron right there was, mm-hmm. this is my doctor t- side talking, said to myself, oh, okay, Brian or Byron. Yeah. Byron's mm-hmm. not just a simple phobic. Byron has deeper issues because you know, he's talking about jumping off the bridge and this guy, his whole mood is so down and serious and negative. I thought, Ooh, he's a little depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, to me, it's like, yeah, it, it's more than a phobia of bridges. <laughs> yes. There's a bit more going on. Yeah. It's a, probably like it's a, he's scared of, uh, uh, of, you know, killing himself as much as he really wants to internally, you know? I don't know. Uh, Didn't the doctor make some kind of comments about that? Yeah, well, you know, this is Dr. Key uh, afterwards tells Brenda that we can't force someone to face their fears. They may never, he may never actually be rid of his phobia. Um, And and that uh, is why I did not go into psychiatry right there. uh (laughs) I can't cure? No, because sometimes I just think, oh, for goodness sake you know let's just do this thing <laughs> come on yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and when they won't try it's so frustrating but anyway well you know a, a phobia is usually irrational anyways mm-hmm. irrational fear i have you know i have a few kind of phobias and everything and i don't want to confront it. it yeah i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to confront it just i want to avoid them at all costs you know that's just the way it is because then there's no anxiety there's no stress or anything but, like that but it depends on how much it's affecting your life so if you have some little phobia of spiders and it's not really making your whole life have a major impact then you can probably go through your life with your phobia and it's fine but if you have a phobia of bridges and you won't cross any hello yeah. 
That's yeah, a bit that, much. that's a bit different, you know, because yes. I have a real phobia of heights and I get to the point where like this is a third story balcony at the beach condo and I'm paranoid my children are going to fall off this balcony. Mm, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And that's ridiculous. And I have to keep telling myself, OK, there's a railing, you know, my children aren't little. They're not going to just <laughs> lean over the balcony. You know, they're, they're not dumb. So they're they're You know, it's it's probably not going to happen, but it still stresses me out so bad <laughs> well and the only the only um real treatment for phobias that works is you know where you where you actually like brenda said where you confront it but you need to but she's right the, the psychiatrist is right you have to do it in a in a way that's sort of gentle and gradual and everything oh des so, can't just yeah. throw herself off the balcony yeah, while no. she's talking to can't us just do it no we can't just okay. we could dangle her by her ankles over the balcony sure. and see what happens okay go, the thought of look, that Des, you didn't is, die <laughs> look okay i was watching this movie i was watching man on the ledge the other night right oh, and he's on like the 21st floor on the ledge and the whole movie I have this like that that feeling in the pit of my stomach like I feel like I'm standing on a 21st floor <laughs> ledge because and I know I'm like okay the actor is the main actor in the show he's the main character he's not gonna fall off even though a few times he like tried to slip but I know I'm like he's not gonna fall off because he's the main character he's gonna survive till the end but the whole movie I was like so stressed and anxious and it just <laughs> it was killing me I, I was like I, I had so much anxiety and it's ridiculous how about man on wire did you ever see that I have not but <laughs> I'm sure it would do the same thing to me yeah uh, okay, so let's get through this scene. Basically, um, uh, Brenda is really kind of upset about this, and she says, well, what's the point of therapy? And Dr. Key says it's to keep him from actually jumping. Mm-hmm. And Brenda says we can do better. So is Brenda going to reinvent psychology? No. She thinks she is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we see Russell, Russell and Claire talking and, um, oh, you know what? I watched, <laughs> I watched another movie summertime. I get to watch movies, but I watched another movie the other night. I watched the mechanic with Jason Statham and Ben Foster. <laughs> and ben, ben Foster okay. was a little assassin in training and it Did was, he, he was hair. He, yeah, he had, it was like almost buzzed. It was like really, really short Has... and he had facial hair. I know I'm like a broken record, but really, really, Ben, wash <laughs> your hair. Yeah, Just please wash. Yeah. I agree. I agree. He was pretty psycho in that movie, though. It was awesome. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Professor Pope got into a car accident, got some internal injuries. So, uh, yeah, behind the scenes, what really happened, Robin? What's that? Well, was there a reason she left or really because they just wanted to bring Billy back? (laughs) (laughs) Did she have a DUI? I'm just saying, you know, it's like. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have have no idea. And I, I, because of our spoiler policy, I can't say whether or not she comes back. So I'll just say she got into a car accident with internal injuries. (laughs) I don't think it matters that much if she comes back or not. I mean. (laughs) Really, but she's so Billy's minor. Back. Hey, Billy! Hey. <laughs> I was happy I to see so... Billy. Did you guys see his too. name in the credits? No, oh, I good. fast forward through the credits. I, I did last night. I was busy, so I fast forwarded. Nice. Okay. I love. I think it's so funny that I'm saying I love seeing Billy back because there was a time way back in season one or two when I kind of he just made me didn't like him much, and now I'm like, yes, let's have some fun with Billy. <laughs> see, <laughs> I. 
I always loved Billy, but I don't think he's as fun as he used to be. Aww. I miss crazy Billy. Well, it's not as crazy, but I still think he's a cool foil or a cool, not foil, but a cool companion for Claire. So mm-hmm. plus I keep wondering where that's going to go. So we'll see. Hopefully somewhere crazy. Hopefully he has another breakdown. Goes nuts. I'm, I don't know. I mean, now that she's experienced grinding the corn, maybe next will be sex with Billy. Why don't they and Billy are going to have sex? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's still got a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Brenda comes home to find Nate sitting on her couch crying. And he says he's feeling guilty for being alive and wishing Lisa out of his life. And Brenda says that she needs him so much. And he says, why would I need you? You're full of holes. You're a tedious, self-absorbed bitch. And that's what uh, I need. Jerk. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was just a daydream, so don't hold it against him. Jeez. <laughs> and Brenda gets a nice middle finger off to the person behind Which her. Which is just classic, because that is what you do when you're Seriously. the idiot who's holding everyone up and you're embarrassed, and what do you do? You get angry at everyone. Yeah. Yep. Well, give me a second, <laughs> will you? Jeez, everything's Jeez. gotta run by I your clock. I about being brutally harassed by my ex, Deva. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next scene, Maya's being adorable yet again. Um, she's, I must have missed that scene because I didn't see any adorable Maya. She's playing on the floor with her toys and her okay. sippy cup. Oh. With George, right? So apparently Nate cannot get any kind of good quality child care for his, um, his small <laughs> child. He's going to leave her with George. You know, okay, Nate, you're a single parent, yes. Been there, done that. Quality daycare is important when you're a single parent. You know, hoisting your kid off on family all the time just makes your family resent you. You can't do that all the time. You know, step up. Be responsible for your own child. Stop leaving it to everybody else. Jerk. Well, I would have to contest that this is a part of a little bit of a bonding that we see between Nate and George in this episode. So I think I think George generally, genuinely loves Maya. I mean, who wouldn't uh, besides evil robots? But um, <laughs> well, I got that. But it was just another thing like, really, you know, really, you have to ask another person to, you know, you have to put her off on another family member. She's not their responsibility. She's yours. It irks me because I have cousins who have children and they're constantly, you know, putting their children off on their parents, Mm -hmm. you know, all the damn time. And it drives me nuts. (laughs) You have those kids. They didn't. I'm I'm happy to say that uh, my darling daughter has not hit daycare yet and I hope never does. Lo- yeah, I'm but are you constantly shuffling her around to different family members and making family members cancel their plans so they can watch your child? Um, George never has plans, and neither does um, <laughs> Isabel's does. Nana. Uh- <laughs> anyway, but it's cute when, when she spills her little drink and says, uh-oh. Stole my quote. So cute. And that's exactly <laughs> what kids do. I remember when my kids first started saying that. It's so cute. What? Why was she sitting on the folded blankets? I don't know. Whatever. That was weird. Very weird. <laughs> Why are you suddenly concerned about where Maya is sitting and how comfortable she is? I just found that odd. She's not a, you know, are we very, very towards a possible Fisher of the Week coming up here? It, it won't be Maya. <laughs> uh, I can 
spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't give it away. Yeah. No, but um, <clears throat> we see uh, George here. He's uh, he's shuffling through some papers. He's, he's very distracted. There's a documentary going on in the background about how waste is being recycled for fuel. It's the usual George thing going on. And uh, he starts sobbing. And uh, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna throw down some waste facts on Maya. Like Maya, <laughs> you know how George is. <laughs> Indoctrinate her into he, the cult of waste while she's. That's young. why he wanted to watch her because she will listen to his stupid facts and not, you know, roll her eyes or anything. <laughs> Uh, and you know, she's perfect therapy for George. George is like, says, you know, she's, you know, life is a series of accidents one after the other. And Maya just gives him the warmest smile. And I think the whole world just kind of shares in that, 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 that just a good feeling that comes from a okay, little, okay. little child. Oh God, we're just going to start more Maya, Maya arguments with all this crap. Look, um, here's the funny thing. So George views all of his failed marriages as a series of accidents. Seriously? Yeah. That's how much responsibility you take? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That tells you so much about his psyche. And I was, I was, I was, I felt Hmm. Kind of sh- disappointed and surprised that he was like crying because to me he doesn't seem like he cares that much about Ruth. So, you know, why would he be upset? Or maybe he's just crying because he didn't get his way. <laughs> That's probably it. Uh, you nailed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's because of the nutrients that spilled out of that sippy cup that could have been recycled Uh-oh. and used for better things. No. <laughs> I'll leave you guys to ponder all that. Um, and uh, we go on to uh, David uh, sneaking a peek at uh, Blue Twister number one. And he turns to a uh, page for x-ray glasses and frowns at the woman's boobs. Boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. David is so boob obsessed in a bad way right now. God. Yeah. Don't be so anti-boob. Boobies are nice, David. Boobies are best. amazing. Um, Ruth and Bettina check into their palatial <laughs> uh, <laughs> place of uh, vacationing, and uh, it didn't look that bad to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I did. I thought the same thing, but then again, there was some. I mean, it, mm. it it's definitely rustic. Like it was. It's more that it was a little sketchy in terms of the grime factor. I was really expecting yeah. cockroaches to leap out and start doing the maramba. Yeah. You know, well, okay. my copy wasn't a great copy. It wasn't really clear, so maybe I just couldn't see how dirty and grimy it was. But it didn't look like that to me. I, I got it. Really uh, hit it home when Bettina like opens up one of the cupboards and she's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, this, I think there was a little <laughs> fridge, fridge, a mini fridge, yeah. and she's like, "Whoa!" I think there was green mold oh, moving right, yeah. in there. Anyway. The Ruth is feeling terrible about this whole thing, and um, and Bettina reminds her that some people say you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And she says that you can, and I have. <laughs> I have. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Billy and Claire chatting. Um, turns out that Billy got dysentery and had to move back from Patagonia. Um, huh. And uh, felt, kind of fell into this whole substitute job at Carolyn Pope uh, uh, had an Did accident. Did he? Or did he cause the accident so he can get the substitute job to get closer to Claire to get closer to Brenda? 
Oh, for God. <laughs> you can <laughs> spear arrest you. <laughs> now fun. I'm glad I shelved the whole Anita and Edie are the same person uh, conspiracy theory. I'm glad uh, Des brought up the crazy in this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then again, it could have been George. Uh, so, yeah, he kind of scoffs about the fact that Carolyn Pope teaches at Lack Arts and she's just strictly academic and um well she is a teacher yeah Yeah. he says that uh he and brenda are estranged and um claire pines for a a normal healthy relationship and billy says you got to pick someone slightly less crazier than you claire starts thinking it might be chemistry and billy says that you first have to get over yourself and yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking that it might be foreshadowing of Billy and Claire yeah. because Claire would be the one less crazy than Billy. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, and I'm thinking, look, he's telling you pick someone less crazy than you. Billy is not less crazy than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> not me, not me, not me. Uh, <laughs> so George serves gross mushrooms for dinner. Um, to stay they're, okay, well, stop. Stop. Those are not gross. They're, they're delicious. Grilled grilled mushrooms are delicious, and those are particularly exquisite. So please, yeah, they're peons. the filet mignon of the steak world, of the yeah, mushroom you, world, of, of, of the fungi <laughs> world. You peon, you culinary peon. Okay, Georgina's. Uh. <laughs> Rico is just backward and unexposed <sighs> to the world, and knows nothing about food except apparently what are they again? Puerto Rican food. Um, Puerto Rican okay, food. this this is where I had a little rant when I was watching the show. Okay, um, Ruth and George and you know the Fishers are nice enough to let Rico stay there, you know, while he's going through this, and he's going to bitch and complain about what they make for him to eat. <laughs> well, go out and get yourself some food, you freeloader. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Really? Well, what a jerk. <laughs> He's a whiny little kid. Dance, you know what? He uh-huh. is so busy feeling sorry for himself. This is the man who said to his wife, it's your fault I slept with Thor. Because, <laughs> I know. You know, right? This is his mentality. So mm-hmm. he's a little kid. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to, okay, you don't want to eat what they're making, then you make something. But yeah. you don't bitch and complain about it. You eat it politely and you know pretend that you like it just because yeah. you're you know you have common courtesy all or right you know, Rico. all right all right but come on they're, they're just guys sitting around a table in the in the end i mean you know it's not like you have to be super polite but I the mean, way he was eyeballing the food and looking at it like it was disgusting was just so it was just childish that's all and I know. Well, yeah, he's, and he's I mean, just opening up this episode with him sitting there eating a bowl of cereal. He's been re- relegated to a teenage boy status, essentially. Living, living up in the bedroom in the Fisher house. And... The thing is, I have to say, I found, again, I found the whole scene with those guys funny. I just yeah. find them very funny together. See, yeah. Rico, see, you know, he, he moved in and Ruth left. If he would have, you know, came earlier, he would have had someone to take care of. <laughs> Him, just like he's used to because he can't do shit for himself <laughs> and you know ever since we started talking about cereal at the beginning of this podcast I've been craving cereal but I don't have any here at the beach condo <laughs> oh darn you're gonna have so to just enjoy here. that surf cereal I'll be sitting up here in Vermont eating a bowl of cereal I- 
I have a box of cinnamon life at home, which is my favorite. I want a bowl so bad. <laughs> get a get a life. A I need one. A bowl, a bowl of cinnamon life. Cinnamon life. <laughs> uh. So uh, yeah, Nate dropped some knowledge about stuff he learned in the co-op. Blah blah blah. Um, and David he says, "Hey, that was more bonding, as you were pointing out before." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just kind of like. Oh, organic, blah, 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 and mushrooms are so blah, 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 and, uh, uh... No! Yeah. Okay, stop! You're being, oh, you're being <laughs> such a, I don't know what. Um, he, he's right. I'm sorry. There's a huge cause to shipping your meat all across the country, and if you buy local, it is better for the environment. So there, na-na. <laughs> now we all may right. continue. <laughs> all right. You may be right, but I'm not eating freaking mushrooms. Yeah, but you can't always buy local. You, you wouldn't know. even eat shrimp. What was it? You wouldn't eat shrimp or calamari or something. <gasps> Neither. You're impossible. Yummy. That's why I don't make dinner. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I'm like Nik- Nikolai with his leg casts constantly in my life. Uh, <laughs> Do you eat goat? Goat was delicious. Uh, no. What? It was really good. I had goat. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, when you stab it, it doesn't. Had... When you stab it, it doesn't bleed. It bleeds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the joy of not editing. People have to deal with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, and David's like, I can't stay. I'm going home to my husband. So uh, playing the way. Okay, wife. stop, stop, <laughs> collaborate, stop right and there. Listen. I have now. Okay. So David just called Keith his husband. I'm officially declaring Keith a Fisher for Fisher of the Week. Ooh, back that's, me up, Moira. Ooh, that's up. a Sorry. good point. Yes, <gasps> that's true because really, in the eyes of all of us, they are husband and wife. Husband, no. and husband. Yes. No. Well, yeah, why David not? is kind of wife. Yeah, they're they, not. A, they they didn't ever officially. T- I mean, I know it's. I don't. It doesn't. It, it, when they're in tuxes facing each other in front of somebody, making some sort of, or even down at the justice of the peace. Because this is America where you guys don't, you know, allow that. So that's not fair. Listen, okay, all right, fine. I will accept Keith if you guys will accept George. Okay. Well, never, yeah, because he's man, married to Ruth. So he can well, you guys are all like, oh, he's a sibling. <laughs> no, no, no. He well, could be Fisher of the wouldn't week. give us Keith. All right, I'll, I'll give you Keith. Yeah, you wouldn't give us Keith, so I wouldn't give you George. Okay. All right. All right. You can be in. Yay. What Yay. about Yippie? What about Yippie? Is Yippie off guard? Uh, off, off bounds? Yippie Ooh. was off guard when he died, but what, is he off bounds? Yippie? Yippie. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't oh, we'll know talk about him is. later. Uh, okay, so uh, next up... Uh, Brenda drops in on her old pot dealer and we're all like, no. <laughs> Anybody going to stop me? Oh, I was, I oh, wasn't Darth, like stop Darth. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't that upset. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, please screw yourself up more, Brenda. No, no. I, to be honest, no. I, I didn't want to see her go down that road again because, because she it's a rehash we've already done that she's moved past that it's okay for her to be upset and i didn't even mind her having a little bit of a lapse but i was really pleased when she didn't go down the sex side of it Mm. i knew she wouldn't 
Yeah, so uh, uh, we got the slithery pot dealer and Rick Moranis on the couch. Um, The pot dealer is uh, talking all about, on the phone, all about his uh, William Howard Taft script. And we'll we'll hear more about Taft later. um, (laughs) I know somebody who loves Taft. (laughs) Loves him. Adores him. (laughs) Not. So uh, uh, Rick Moranis shares his bong with uh, Brenda. And we go, no. And then we go back, go to the next scene, and David is further. What's what's the female version of emasculated? <laughs> He's further made to be like the the snitchy housewife to come home seeing her his her his her husband watching a sports game with a empty box of pizza and his big feet up on the table. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah. And he storms off. And you off. know what? This is, okay. This season is, I love Keith this season. <laughs> you know, he, this is my favorite season of Keith. And he said, oh, I ate the last piece. But then he, um, he's like, do you want me to make you something? What a nice guy. You know, I mean, he, he thought he was going to be working late. So he ate the whole pizza. That's a lot of pizza, Keith. Come on. That but, is a lot and, of pizza. Yeah. yeah but it's a big box. To make him something, so he wasn't a total asshole. You yeah, know? I actually thought it was cute. Like the look on his face was like, "Oops, yeah. I got caught. You caught me. I can has hug anyway now." You know, it was cute. <laughs> yeah, he was. Keith was probably having one of those, you know, you, you know, sometimes you have one of those times when you're, you have a little time to yourself, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna eat something, you know, just bad for me and I'm going to watch something and cheesy and I'm just going to enjoy myself. And then someone comes home and kind of like, oops. <laughs> I, yes, it's once a year. It's called girls weekend where I'm alone in the house <laughs> and I, and I go to all you can eat Chinese. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, back at the Fishers, Nate and Rico hear a disturbance. And uh, they go into the the main room there, and uh, they see two um, uh, pairs of feet underneath a car- uh, a curtain. Rico threatens them with an imaginary gun, and Nate threatens them with a phone. <laughs> <laughs> and when the thieves try to run, dun, 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 George trips uh, the flat top guy who looks like Walter from The Big Lebowski. And uh, Rico smacks his nerdy buddy with his cast iron skillet. <laughs> and yes, I think he probably did break his arm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nate... Yeah, he just bruised him. Nate, Nate <laughs> plays. Uh... Was wrong for a break. I'm not believing that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, you're you're the expert. Um, so, <laughs> um, Nate plays uh, moral superior and tells them to put the comic back. And then after, and then the guy throws it. What an ass! But I, yeah. I honestly thought that Nate was going to start laughing because I think he was having a hard time not laughing at him. Right, <laughs> so pathetic. Uh, and uh, after they walk out, um, Nate and George do a little fist bump, and George <laughs> and crosses again, his arms Rico's, triumphantly. Once again, Rico's left kind of on the outside. Speaking While Nate of, and George are bonding. Yeah. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Maya's getting into who knows what. No, in she's, the in the she's in the playpen. He said he put she's her fine. in the playpen. Yeah. He said that. George said that. George said he that. said, Where's In Maya? the playpen on the said, landing. I know. Yeah. 
You guys trust George? Oh, sure. <laughs> to put it in the playpen? Sure. The baby's safety, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, he's not a total baby killer, I don't think. Yeah. Wife killer. Baby yeah, wife killer, no. yes, baby killer, no. <laughs> totally different. She's not a grown woman, so he's not going to kill her yet. That's right. So <laughs> uh, keep her safe until she's grown. Yep. And then bets are off. And then it's get out, get out of the house. <laughs> uh, back at Lewis Melnick's with uh, the pot dealer making out with Brenda. Um, that's a Ghostbusters reference. Dropped it. I don't even know if I got the name right. Honey, I shrunk my brain. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> she uh, she gets right up and leaves and doesn't take the pot. Good girl, Brenda. Yes. Ruth and Bettina sit in a lukewarm jacuzzi. Um, <laughs> Bettina makes Ruth swig tequila to kill the bacteria from the food they ate earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Great sure that's theory. It doesn't work that way, but hey. <laughs> so many medical moments. <laughs> I feel bad that I can't put like every medical theme throughout this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I'll make it up to you. Um, so... I like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I figured uh, we'd we'd uh, um, uh, intro cast an episode of ER next week as a to make yeah. up for it. <laughs> That'd be great. Love just, ER. Just oh, be like, find, what? Find the first episode. We should do it. As an aside, yeah. people would tune into Fisher Cast and they get ER music, and we're like, so we're gonna meet George Clooney. <laughs> I'm telling you, if anybody ever wanted to intro cast in ER, I've never seen it. <laughs> Oh, what? Oh, really? Oh, I, just, never. That, I love that I love show. Oh, we could totally yeah. do that. I would never take... Uh, how many seasons does that thing have? Like, like eight, ten? No, it, no there, there, was all, there was like 15 or more. Oh, because my God. Because <laughs> oh, was God. a baby when it was on. In fact, I think it started when she was like... Around the time like she was maybe one or so. Yeah. So it's gonna... It's, it's like... I think it made a total of like 16 or 17 years. <sighs> No, thank you. I <laughs> Can we when, just do the Clooney years? I cried, I cried when it ended too. <laughs> and when Mark Green died, I totally cried. Oh yeah! Spoilers. I haven't totally. seen it. La, 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 la. <laughs> um, I might just do this intro cast after the X Files is over. You know, <laughs> that will be a decade song. from now, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be so old and gray, you won't remember what we said. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, Ruth goes off to complain about the heater. And the lady at the counter says it's off after sunset during off season. And Ruth <laughs> tells her to turn the damn thing on or give us a refund. She says, well, you're already checked in. She says, well, we'll check out. I'll call the credit card company. And they have a big stare down. And then the lady says, we will turn it on for one half hour. And apparently Ruth's okay with that. <laughs> I'd be like half <laughs> an hour. just want a little bit of time. I want an up. hour. Hey, but for Ruth to be so assertive is quite a victory for her. So that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. I love the like the yeah shaking of her head. There. Well, <laughs> she was probably drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then we see Ruth and Patina sitting in the jacuzzi, drinking happily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> <Ay-ay-ay-ay>! <laughs> All right. That's what Bettina said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I I no longer have any illusions that there will be Ruth and Bettina sex. I was thinking they were going to get drunk enough on that tequila, too. 
Mm. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to go that direction. I was no, particularly no, excited I... that Kathy Bates was in a jacuzzi again. I'm just oh saying. Oh, my God, Robin. <laughs> that's so gross. You know, okay, if they, if they didn't get it on after drinking, like, mm-hmm. a bottle of tequila between the two of them, it's not going to happen. No. No. That's the tester, huh? That's the tester yes, for yeah. feelings. Tequila uh, makes people's clothes fall off. <laughs> Margaritas can, too. Yes. Uh, uh, that sounded too much like reminiscing, didn't it? Oh, well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not speaking from experience now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so Claire has a new project. It's apparently just for herself. This, uh, this dollhouse. Um, and it's a, it's like a mock-up of, uh, the Fisher residence and it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see a little Rico in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and Nate the talks. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. He was down in the, what's the room called? The room where they prepare the bodies. The prep room, uh, Yeah, I could yeah. call it the embalming room, but whatever. The embalming room. Yeah. He was down in there lying mm. on a slab. <laughs> uh Nate recounts the story of uh his dog Yippy dying and that uh he brought Oh thank you. Now I know who Yippy is. <laughs> brought Yippy uh down to the basement to give to his dad to fix and uh apparently his dad just kind of like prepped him, you know, just kind of made him look better, but unfortunately couldn't bring him back to life. And uh, they talk about how they th- they used to think that um, the bodies down there are sad and alone, and Nate sometimes thinks that they are still. And um, you know, Claire's pointing out the dolls in the dollhouse, a who's who, and Nate wonders where's Dad, and she says he's not here anymore. Oh, poor Robin crying, <laughs> baby. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, I didn't cry at that, Robin. <laughs> Uh, well, if there was a trading card, it would be like uh, baby lover, daddy issues. <laughs> if there was a trading card yes. of me, <laughs> it was a sweet moment. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. So we go to Brenda, who apparently went right from the pot dealer's house uh, to um, a meeting. A support, a, a meeting. Sex yeah. meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's still stoned, and this lady stands up. She's all outraged. Okay, and may I say, that woman, I can't believe she's a sex addict. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Really? She's so uptight and prudish and and controlling and crazed that I just, you know, where, I mean, I guess maybe you cannot judge a look by its cover, book by its cover, but honest to God, really? Maybe she's there to learn how to take care of her sex addict. (laughs) Oh, maybe, maybe, uh, yes, maybe she's her. there. She's like, like Al Anon, like sex addicts Anon. Yeah. You could tell by the way she dressed she's not a sex addict. She was dressed repressed, you know? Oh, my mm. God. So does Ruth. Yes. Um. Ruth is a nice we know that. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, Brenda pleads to the group that she really needs to be there. And she's scared of what's going to happen if she leaves. And so the girl sits down and Brenda thanks her. And uh, we all love Brenda. And um, moving on to Nate's big dream here. Um, Maybe we can go dream by dream, maybe? There's a few versions here. Please, because I just, oh. (laughs) Okay, so the first part, we're essentially seeing... 
the Nate's little story of bringing Yippie to his dad, but of course he's his adult self, but he's got his little pouty lip on. What? So okay, I like the way they filmed it. Like at towards the end of the scene, it the way they filmed it where it looked like he was getting smaller and smaller. Yes. And then when he's running, you know, running uh, out of the room and everything and up the stairs, and he looked so small. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was. I mean, the 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 part in the embalming room was definitely a camera trick. You know, they just raised well, the yes, camera up. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, clearly, but it it really worked. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Nate, Nathaniel says he can't fix him, but he pulls out a little coffin and says, uh, you know, maybe we need a little something personal to go to Yippie. How about you climb in? That way he'll never be lonely. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he goes up the stairs to the door and he's back in the embalming room and we have Lisa sitting there and she says that she needs to take Maya with her. Shut up, Des. Um, and, uh, unfortunately <laughs> this is a dream, more like a nightmare and that would never happen. Um, uh, it is so creepy because here's the part where, okay, I know we're not supposed to maybe look too deeply into these dreams, but at this point I'm like, okay, what is this trying to tell us that? What, this is Nate's fear? Or does this mean something bad is going to happen to Maya? Like, I started wondering if there was something bad happening to the baby somewhere in the house at this point. I hmm. I just assumed it was Nate's so, you know, scared of, of death that he's terrified that he's going to lose Maya like he lost Lisa. That's probably all it is. I just, I did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I kind of figured it um, as, yeah, he's... Nate's definitely scared of death. It needs always running. Um, and, you know, it's just showing that he needs to appreciate what he has, the people that are still alive, you know, not like Yippie or Nathaniel or Lisa. That's a brood over it so much, but to appreciate, I mean, you know, and then we see what happens at the end of this episode. So, but um, that that's my rationale for it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in the dream, we see, uh, David, Claire, Ruth, and Brenda walk in, their bags are packed, and they, and David says, you know, hey, dad says we all have to go sometime, and Nathaniel steps out as Death Man. (laughs) (laughs) He says he wanted to be the Green Reaper, but Marvel has a copyright. This is funny, (laughs) the comic book thing going on, that made me laugh. And cool effects with the old lightning bolts happening. Yeah. Yes, yes. When he did his uh, thingamajiggy, it, um, it like turned him skeleton for a second. Yes, that was cool. yes. I like it. It's cool. Uh, and Brenda offers to stay, but Nathaniel zaps her and he says, nobody stays, including you. Nate runs up the stairs and he's back in the embalming room. And there, sitting at a table, are Nathaniel wearing his Sunday best. Lisa wearing her bridal dress and Yippie looking just adorable. Uh, <laughs> and, of, and of course she knew that it was going to be Nate under that sheet. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's funny how I love how the fact I wonder if like at this point Nate's like, oh, this is a dream and uh, this is so freaking sick and twisted. Yeah. Here's a plate. Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he was just starting to say, okay, I'm letting it go, you know? Yeah. Probably not, but, you know. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, uh, well, we'll talk about that. Well, I, I kind of, yeah, at the end when he sort of sits and thinks, fine, I will just join you. Can't beat him, join him. 
Yeah. I thought that was cool, but I still, and I'm not a thick person, all right, people? I'm not usually dense <laughs> about interpreting metaphorical things, but I still didn't quite know what it was trying to tell me. This part or the whole thing? Well, well the whole to thing. Me, to me, it felt like, I guess, you know, he was kind of letting go of that fear a little bit, but it, to me, it also seemed like one long dream sequence was a little too quick for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, again, he's scared to death. So it's like, okay, now his dad is putting Yippee into this coffin, and oh my gosh, it might suck me in. I might die just just as well. Mm -hmm. And then it gets into the whole, I might, I, I, I've lost, and now you know, I might lose everything I have as well. Okay. Then. the whole cutting up pieces of him and serving and then having a bite of himself. That's so <laughs> that, bizarre. That is bizarre. I don't, yeah, that's a I little can't weird. quite get my brain around that one. No, but, me either. Let's have a little cannibalism. You know, I don't know. It could be mm-hmm. like a faux uh, dreamscape, like trying to be something um, more deep than it really is. Or it could be something I'm just not getting. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Maybe he was listening to Tom Petty before he went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, so, um, David and Nate are at Comic-Con, or at least Comic-Con came to the house. Uh, <laughs> and, and Nate all of a sudden turns into Chris Colk, and he's like, no, man, they're a community. We're, they're like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They didn't seem like that much a community. They're all sitting kind of separately. You know, they weren't, I don't know. I'm hmm. sorry. I thought that was just cute. It's like, at least, at least Nate is willing to uh, be open-minded mm-hmm. and yeah. embrace whatever comes his way. He's actually pretty good about that in general. David's still being cynical. <laughs> uh, and prudish or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's been a while since Nate's been open-minded and not well, an asshole. It's nice to see it again. Little bits of old Nate coming back. I was mm-hmm. happy to see it because yeah, I'm new Nate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Nate just starts choking up at the whole thought of the whole community. You know, the you know family and people who are there Let's for see. each other. And David calls him a freak, and uh, <laughs> Nate cracks up. He's just like, I don't know what's going on with me right now, but yeah. So, uh, what's going on with him? You think <laughs> he's a pussy? <laughs> All right, there's that. Thank That's you. That's my theory. <laughs> um, maybe he just realizes. You know that at some point you gotta belong to something, or you gotta find your place somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's that. You know, stop being scared of it and just do it. Totally. Um, Ruth and Bettina are riding horses on the beach. Oh, and... how romantic! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we go back to the Fisher residence and uh, George is telling Rico, just move on. You know, primates don't mate for life. You just, just go, you're young. Go find another wife. God, <laughs> it's oh, just, that's, oh, if we ever George. needed to see the innards of George's little Weasley mind, mm. there we have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why oh I was surprised that he was 
getting upset earlier and crying because this to me was more George, you know, saying. I think George is putting his armor out. back on. Yes, it's his armor back on. Yeah, that little glimpse upstairs with Maya was was a little piece of really what he's feeling, but he's too mm-hmm. proud to admit it. Um, and yeah, so he's like, "Go find another one," and then Anita walks in. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Anita and her undies. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think you mean. Do we think that Anita and George are going to get it on? No, uh, I wasn't saying George. No, I don't are think Rico. I don't think she would. I don't think she. Oh, I don't think she'd be interested in Rico. No, I think she'd be more interested in George. Yeah, almost. It would be. More, it would be more freakish for her. She probably. Yeah, he's like a father figure. Yeah. <sighs> so they're both. Uh, both George and Rico are kind of like she's still living here. Uh, uh-huh. So. And uh, wrapping up, as we get closer to the end of the episode, uh, Claire and Russell and Jimmy are feeding the birds toppings. I'm just imagining their toppings. So um, Russell's bored and looking definitely like he's having a terrible hair day. Um, Uh And Jimmy um, sends him on his way after Russell comes up with some ideas, things to do. He sends Jimmy off to do one of them. (laughs) And then he... uh, comes over to Claire and he says he heard about her never having an orgasm and well, uh, in fact Edie did okay, a whole let me stop right there this could be such a mortifying conversation to have <laughs> truly it would be to know that everyone is talking about it <laughs> wow yeah. in fact Edie did a little piece on it at the club yes <laughs> wow Edie's being really vindictive for someone who like was trying to force someone to turn gay Hmm. Yeah, and the whole time Claire and what's his name again, Jimmy, Jimmy are on yeah. the bench with what's his face, Russell. There, the whole time you get the, the vibe that the two of them just want to be alone. And Russell, please just leave your third wheel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have time to argue about. I really don't think Edie was forcing her to be a lesbian, and uh, no, Claire but wasn't you know reciprocating I mean. at all. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. She pretty much talked her into it, and then she's, you know, it just, the whole thing bugs me, really. I'm saying Claire put up the green light, and... Uh... Eventually, but did you, you remember how we were talking about how Edie kept trying and trying and trying, and I was like, you know, she kept... She, the, and when Claire gave well, in, she, it was like, she was just no. like going, fine, shut up, we'll do it. You know what I mean? No, 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 but she, okay, they were in the car that one time, she kissed her a couple times, let her know she was interested, and yeah, but then I don't remember her saying, pushing her after that. It was a, the scene right before they went to go do it the first time, you know, and they were, um, she, uh, she kept saying, and Claire was like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. You know, and then finally, she when she went and she went in the bathroom and like brushed her teeth yeah. or whatever. She's like, "Fine, come on, let's do it." You know, and it was like she was doing it just to shut Edie up. To me, it felt like <laughs> I can't see it that way. And honestly, my impressions of off screenville Edie is uh, essentially that she, yeah, okay, they had this agreement, but there was still feelings involved. She really liked Claire, and she was yeah. upset by it. And uh, Anita, of course, I think just made it even, you know, sound worse than it really was. Um, and then, you know, she's upset. So what's she going to do? Plus, she's an artist. She writes about yeah, it and she goes and does the whole thing. Thinks. I'm she, sure she didn't say, like, Claire Fisher. No. I should hope not. You know? she, she, yeah, she uses her art to cope with her yeah. stuff. 
So uh, Jimmy tells her not to be embarrassed, and uh, he heard of a new technique, and he wants to try it on her. <laughs> oh yeah, great line. <laughs> Um, in the next scene, we see Keith watching a music video with a lot of boobies. <laughs> David, of course, walks in at the wrong time. And uh, Keith says, hey, I thought we were okay. And David's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then David says that he had sex with Sarge, who apparently they know as the veiny guy from La Habra. <laughs> it's really yes. funny. Um, Keith gets mad, and David says he could do it he could he could have done it he yeah he did it and it didn't mean anything and keith says well i i I can do that too and you know we're even david gets mad and says he's taking a shower and keith says don't blow anybody while you're in there (laughs) (laughs) that it was a funny little quip yes okay and now we have the most disappointing scene this entire season i'm sorry but we've been building up to this, no pun intended, big O. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this climax of this storyline. And we couldn't even come in, no pun intended, to Claire, like, screaming in ecstasy at least. I mean, it's just like, what a letdown, you know? I wasn't, I wasn't even sure if she had it or not because, you know, yeah, she was like, oh, well, oh, but you know what? She, you couldn't really tell she, you know, she had it. She oh, didn't say no, anything I, about I it. thought you could tell she had. She was, she was glowing, yeah. Yeah, but she was, was glowing. Uh, she was if we could hear she Ruth was, she and George of, screaming, come well, on. She had that look of <laughs> astonishment. I know, right? But at least she got her, oh, fine. Yes, proud of her. Thanks. Apparently, God. Jimmy knows how to do it. He knows how to grind the corn. He does. Yeah. So he explains what he did. Mortar and Thessal. I don't quite understand what this mortar and Thessal thing is. Okay. Pestle, mortar and pestle. Pestle. What the heck is he talking about? But well, do you know what do a mortar know? and pestle is? Yeah. Nope. You don't? Okay. You it's know what, what they use a, to grind it's a, up, an apothecary like, uh, What at a time? What at a time? <laughs> Okay, you know what pharmacist the symbol for a pharmacist is a little it's a little bowl and it has a little sort of like a wand in it. A short stubby wand. It's a blunt uh, masher thing. That's a mortar and pestle. You take it and you grind spices in it or you grind drugs in it. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? What, what, what sign for what? Look it up online. Yes, look it up take online. a second. Take a second and just look up the symbol. Look up mortar and pestle and under images. And okay. Seriously. Go, go to YouTube and find a video where someone's using a mortar and pestle and you'll see. Okay. <laughs> we use it a lot in cooking. That's how you grind spices. Yeah, I, it's I, like, I, okay. I'm sorry, put, I must be... Oh, I see what that is. Okay. You get it? Put corn, if you put corn in it and you grind it, you can get, like, cornmeal, basically. Hmm. It so, doesn't sound like the... I, I don't quite get the sex part of it because it doesn't sound that fun. The <laughs> only thing sound, I could think of is that he means he's using a bit of a rotary motion and pushing up yeah. in your G-spot. That's all I could come that's, up with. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking because the grinding, you know, you have to be careful with that. That's not always fun. Yeah. Right. Sounds kind of uh, intense. Yeah. And, and not in a good way, like painful. It can but, be. Yeah, but yes. I mean, my, yeah, so my, my clinical uh, perception of that, Robin, was uh, <laughs> that it was a G-spot orgasm. Okay? Okay. All right. I'll that's take it. The mysterious G spot. And and listeners, feel free to write in with you know, your 
Please send me diagrams. Yes, I need to know. Diagrams. <laughs> oh, you want if you have pride grinding the corn. <laughs> Here's <laughs> uh-huh. yes, your cast one yes. at gmail.com. Oh, but you know what it made me think of? Did you guys, maybe I'm too old, but did you guys ever watch L.A. Law? Uh, no. no. Oh, my God. They're, okay, so a TV show about a bunch of lawyers, but there's a hilarious ongoing sort of gag joke where one there, there's a married couple in the show, and the husband is talking to the wife about how he, he heard about this new technique called the Venus butterfly. <laughs> and, Every time to the rest of the series, it would just keep coming up, this Venus butterfly. And it was like, you know, surefire way to have an orgasm. So when I was watching this, I wrote down, oh, this is like the Venus butterfly from L.A. Law. <laughs> Although on L.A. Law, they never actually clarify <laughs> what you do in a Venus butterfly. But, yeah. mm. <laughs> but apparently grinding the corn works. Uh, I guess for some people, I suspect. According to Alan Ball, I guess. That's yeah, <laughs> or maybe Jimmy's just that good. Maybe, but hopefully this. I guess this time he just shut up and <laughs> was just like, apparently she just needs it done to her, and uh, yeah, I don't need to ask many questions because she has no idea. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we go to Brenda meditating, and. Nate comes to the door with Maya and a smile, and they embrace, and I choke up. And they look like a perfect little family in that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruth watches over this horse that's collapsed, and, uh, you know, it looks like it's dying. And then the cowboy there pulls out a gun, <laughs> and Ruth <laughs> walks Ruth. away. <laughs> She's I crying. She says, I'd really like to go home now. Aw. Yeah. What a bummer. Like, well, okay, writers, listen. Ruth and Bettina get to go off, have a little freaking fun, and then you have to go and blow a hole in it, literally. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, what lesson is that teaching our Ruth? Yeah. Not a good one. That stay at home and enjoy your loveless marriage. <laughs> yeah. Because that's miserable. Dies. So I really want to loose, know what the things die. Yes. <laughs> Poor innocent horses. Yes. They shoot horses, don't they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, seven mules for Sister Sarah. <laughs> 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 Never mind. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So that wraps up the episode. Um, and now we would usually head into a break for a podcast. So uh, uh, the one that I would be playing the promo for would be the Ramjack podcast right now. So, hey. Ram Jack, <laughs> you guys are awesome. Really funny nice. show. Um, and wish they uh, talk about awesome news items, uh, weird facts. Um, Brad seems to find more and more things to be afraid of. <laughs> Mr. Belvedere and Mr. Belvedere and Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so again, searchable on iTunes because I don't have web addresses. Uh, Ram Jack podcast. An it's awesome like show. curiosityabounds.com slash ramjack or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. And that was a promo. Okay, so <laughs> on to uh, Fisher of the Week, in which we award the Fisher family member who is our favorite this week and why. So let's see. Who shall go first? I guess. Moira. 
<laughs> I guess Moira. Okay. This is actually a hard one for me. Yeah. Um, yes. It's hard because even now that we have Keith in the mix. Um, and George. I, and, and George. And Yippie. Yeah. George. Yippie? George's, okay. George's weepy tears didn't win me over. So sorry, George, not you. Rico's not a family member. Good thing. Um, uh, Keith, no. No. I mean, he didn't really do anything exciting this episode, so no. David, we've kind of touched on. He's just doing all this flippy floppy stuff, and now he's getting all worried about boobies. And hey, you know, personally, David, I think boobies are nice. So, you know, I, I can't agree with you there. <clears throat> so, no, not David. Um, what are we getting down to? We've got Nate, Claire, and Ruth left. So, I was happy for Ruth to keep exploring her, you know, her, her whatever, her needs. But... A little disappointed that she wasn't off in Topanga Canyon and having more fun. Like, she was so, again, so timid and closeted with it that it wasn't completely satisfying to me. And then it didn't really end well, so I'm not going with Ruth. And Nate, mm, I don't know. His whole creepy dream thing was just funny. Like, I'm sort of glad he found Brenda in the end. But you know something? I think the big orgasm wins it for me. (laughs) So... Since I've been, even though it wasn't really a big climax, Robin, you're right. I'm just happy for Claire because she got her big O. And so that's good. So I'm giving it to Claire for purely sexual reasons. <laughs> okay. Lame as that is. <laughs> okay. Uh, Des? Um, I was having a hard time too. I also was kind of, uh, okay. I like, yeah, I like that Nate, you know, finally realized that, you know, he wanted to be with Brenda. And I liked Ruth going off and doing something she wanted to do, even if Bettina had to force her. Um, and it was nice that Claire got her O, but I don't know. I don't feel like any of them really were <laughs> Fisher of the Week. I'm going to, okay, I am going to give it to Yippie. <laughs> I am, because he was kind of cute sitting there, you know, over Nate's dead body. <laughs> oh, Good job, Yippie. <laughs> All right. And uh, for me, uh, I would have to say Death Man. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. I would say like- I would say definitely uh, uh, Nate, and that includes uh, Nathaniel Sr., Lisa and Yippie <laughs> and the entire Fisher family and Brenda, uh, who else was in the dream? <laughs> no, but, uh, uh, I, I'm glad I, I, I really, uh, you know, as confusing as it was, uh, the dream and Nate really choking up, uh, at the, at, at the Fisher cast comic-con, um, panel, uh, was, uh, was really, I, I just, I, I was, I, I was endeared to Nate again. And I was very, I was like, all right, man, he's going to finally turn this around, you know? And, and, and it's yeah. such like, a, such a triumphant, uh, return from, um, the guy rushing out of Brenda's in the morning and, you know, using Maya as an excuse and all that. And, um, the guy who's all about mushrooms and organic stuff. Um, let's, uh, he seemed, he seemed more 
Season one, Nate. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. very happy. It, I like that. Please just, let it be just true. this, just this, like I, I, you know, I was, I was very moved by, by uh, the uh, wake when he's when he's crying, and just the fact that that moment when Brenda, who's been down in the dumps this entire time, looks through the window and he's just got this look on his face, like, all right, let's try this again, you know, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm an idiot. Let me in. No, I think. <laughs> Well, you're not an idiot. Not, not even Nate. I think you've given the most eloquent explanation of all three of us tonight, Robin. Yes. Oh, thanks. Yes. Lovely. That's lovely. Well, I can't beat the whole Yippee thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee was pretty cute. <laughs> and, and I couldn't – I'm sorry, Maura. I just could never give it to Claire for it was such a disappointment. We've been talking about Claire having a mate – like – Come on, just a comedic you know moment of her screaming her head off. Now that she's had one, maybe she'll pick somebody better. <laughs> yeah, man <laughs> wise, I hope. Mm. But anyway, I just had to do it. I'm just being a shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we have some listener eulogies, and we have one from Brad, and we have one from Claire. So, who wants to read Brad's? I think Des should do it. All right. Okay. Because Brad says it needs the right amount of venom. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So. His subject line is grinding the corn or William Howard Taft can eat a bag of ghost dicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Brad says these nerdlingers are giving me a full out panic attack. <laughs> George gets emotional when he doesn't get to kill. Life is a series of accidents, one after another, in which he inadvertently stabs his wives and her girlfriends and her random acquaintances repeatedly. Trust. (laughs) (laughs) William Howard Taft was not an underdog, nor a rebel, nor was he the Eminem of his day. Oh, wait a minute. He was saying Eminem? I thought he was talking about Eminem's. (laughs) I thought he was, yeah, Eminem. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about the candy. Okay, no. sorry. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even think of the rapper. Okay, back to uh, the email. I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, he was pathetic. Stilt- he was a pathetic, stilted coward who rode Roosevelt's coattails into the presidency, did a shitty job of it, then apathetically screwed over Teddy and the country in 1912. He is the absolute worst, and I cannot allow such praise to be heaped upon him, even for the sake of comedic lollygaggings. <laughs> Nate Sr. in Creepo Shorts. I'm the cop. What? Um, this stops. End of this. Not allowed. <laughs> there were a lot of periods in that sentence. Brad's uh, the shorts we, cop. Okay. He is the shorts hater of all time. I love a man in shorts. Anyways, um, Rico has a Fisher and Sons shirt. What a loser. That was so funny. I forgot to mention that. I thought, oh my gosh, I expected them all to come out wearing their shirts at some point. <laughs> I thought we saw him in that shirt before. I, I'm i pretty sure we have. I think we have, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. And then he says, this guy just discovered his amazing new technique. Really, really, really. <laughs> oh, gosh. He was Evidently, prob- Brad-, Brad knows how to grind the corn. Yeah, Brad was probably <laughs> laughing at me during the uh, whole puzzlement, uh, puzzlement of mine. <laughs> Did you see the image he sent me last night? <laughs> he turned no. his he, he turned his like pizza yeah, yeah, yeah. guy into me. 
<laughs> and that what would be funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll just find that while we chat. All right. So uh, our next uh, email slash voicemail is from Claire. Here we go. Hello, Fisher Cast. It's me, Claire. Um, so I wanted to send you some feedback for grinding the corn. Um, I haven't had enough time to watch the episode, unfortunately, but I'm reading the synopsis and I'm going to tell you my thoughts because I do remember this episode pretty well. First of all, Arthur. I was so sad when Arthur left in this episode the first time I saw it. But Apparently I guess she does, the sad thing is that well. the character really didn't have anything to do in the series now that, you know, George is on the scene and all that, but I've, I still feel sad that, you know, the character went because... Because I do love my Arthur. But on the bright side, we have Ruth and Bettina on holiday in Mexico. Yay! Which is awesome. Every episode needs Bettina. Yay! Um, yeah, I love her. And it's good to see Ruth letting her hair down as well um, a bit more because uh, she has to get away from the evilness that is George uh, to become the Ruth that we all know and love. Um, so... Jimmy and Claire sleep together. I told you that Jimmy is working his way around the crew. He's going to, you know, he's he slept with, um, oh, what's her name? Anita. And, you know, he kind of had a threesome with uh, Russell as well. You know, and now he slept with Claire and he's going to be after Edie next. And, you know, he's just working his way around. And then once he's slept with all of them, he's going to move on to the Twilight franchise and sleep with all of them as well. This <laughs> is his plan. Mm. I love that the opening death is the comic book geek guy. It's just really funny. Um, <laughs> because I am a giant geek as well, so yay. Um, Brenda and Nay, eh, that's not good. Eh, not a good situation. Uh, but on the bright side, I bet Des gave a whoop of joy that uh, Billy Chenoweth is back in as yes. a um, as the substitute teacher because I know she loves a bit of Billy I can't remember if there's a lot of scruff going on in uh, with this particular um, Billy in, in Carnation no. um, but I can't remember um, did you guys enjoy what grinding the corn is and uh, how um, Claire has finally joined the Big O Club um, I think we <laughs> should uh, I think you guys when you're doing this episode you should um uh, pop some champagne and have a toast <laughs> to uh, Claire joining the Big O Club. Congratulations, Claire. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. I can't think of anything else. Oh, and I like that Keith um, kind of admitted to David that he'd um, slept with Celeste. Um, but, of course, David's freaking out over it because he's really paranoid. But why Why is he worrying that, that uh, Keith's now going to sleep with, with women? Because exactly. he's, he's clearly not. He clearly is absolutely devoted to David. Um, and, yeah, I really like Keith in season four. He's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's it. I can't think of anything else. Uh, love you guys. Can't wait to hear the new episode of the podcast. And hopefully I will guest with you soon in uh, season, season not series, <laughs> season five. Bye. Bye. So <laughs> did I totally miss the Arthur stuff or did she forget what no, Arthur she's <laughs> like totally, she thought she, yeah. she she didn't remember it as well as she thought. Right. <laughs> Just the, first the rest was right on the money. I think she had Called some feedback from long back that she about Arthur leaving that she wanted to <laughs> get into this. <laughs> I don't know, that's my guess. Or she's lost it, and that's probably more <laughs> Claire. Okay. <laughs> 
could have been 2 a.m. when she did it. Who knows? <laughs> it was 2 a.m. when Brad wrote. So. Yes, it was. Um, okay, so let's get into our last rites and wrap this baby up. Um, our final thoughts on the episode and our ratings. And Des, you went last before. Now you go first. Okay. Um, uh, I like this episode. Um, even though David was being dumb and um, George is annoying and so is Rico. We had to see a lot of them together. Um, and Maya's a rat face baby. <gasps> I, <laughs> I had to slip that in. Um, I like, I like the, Jimmy said, I like, I like the Brenda. I like the Brenda and Nate, how, you know, it looks like they're going to be back together and that's good. Hopefully they can work it out this time. I'm very happy for Claire for getting her big O, even though I was also disappointed we didn't get to see it and or even hear it at least. Yeah. yeah. And I was so happy to see Billy. That was just that was awesome. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it eight out of ten. Um, eight out of ten. Um Long-awaited or- long orgasms. I, yeah, I didn't write any notes down because I don't have pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did surprisingly good for having no notes. Thanks. Probably, probably someone walked you through the whole episode to help you out. Yeah, there's somebody on the show who does an excellent recap that helps me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Moira? <laughs> okay, Robin. Um, all right, I agree with you, Des. I love, I loved having Billy back. That made me happy. Yes. I liked the end scene with Nate and Brenda and this little family moment because, yes, it gave me hope that maybe we'll get some positivity going on there for a bit. They both could use it, um, yes. and even little Maya could use it. And I am a little worried that um, Ruth, after her brief stint of freedom, having gone a little sour. I'm afraid she's just going to scuttle back to George like a little, you know, like a little um, beetle, the way Robin warned us she would. And I don't want to see that happen. So I'm I'm leery about that. Um, Keith and David, mm, we already talked about it. You know, I, it, it was fine, but whatever. I could do without those goofy scenes of, of David being insecure about things he doesn't need to be insecure about. However... I like the George and Rico and, and Nate stuff. It makes me laugh. That, that was kind of fun. And I'm glad Claire got her O. So I am going to give this episode uh, overall an 8 out of 10 skeletal electrified dead mans. Mm. <laughs> um, before you go, Robin, I just want to say I forgot to mention how much I, yeah, that I also really like the um, Ruth and Bettina road trip. But I, I'm hoping that she'll come back and put her foot down. Hmm, you I know, so. I mean, probably not, but I'm hoping she will. That, you know, that little bit of with, with the, uh, you know, tequila and her going head to head with that um, the hotel clerk maybe mm-hmm. that you know maybe that gave her a little bit of oh look i can do this <laughs> we'll see yeah um i don't want to drag this out any longer i really talked about a lot of the stuff that i liked um and uh i guess one i'll just make one more mention of uh, how adorable maya is for my uh, last rites uh maya's adorable rat face rat face baby and she's awesome and uh mullet head <laughs> This is my review. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. 
You're not going to interrupt anymore? Mullet head. <laughs> Rat face. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, Des is dumb, Des is dumb. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it um, 8 out of 10 slices of Nate. Oh! <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> and let's bury this Blue Twister number one with the nerd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, iTunes. Go to the iTunes. Rate us. Uh, leave us a review. We'd love it. We do. We do. Yes. We do. Yes. Um, you can give us a call at... Uh, <laughs> 541-2-Embalm. 541-2-Embalm. Thank you, Moira. I couldn't remember it. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. Um, you can... Um, Visit us on Facebook. Facebook. There's something else I was supposed to say. Visit Fisher us on Facebook. Fishercast.blogspot.com. <laughs> That's where you'll find everything. <laughs> She's winging it. Everyone cut her some slack. She's doing fine. I'm like uh, the dad off stage in the fourth grade play. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Carry the show, Robin. Carry the show. <laughs> or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com and you can put the uh, episode title in the subject line, please. You can make up a whimsical one like Brad does. We like that. Because we love to hear your thoughts. And I, I was good this week. I posted it in Facebook. I will try to do it Yay. again. Definitely. Keep up the good work, Moira. I try. <laughs> Des, where can we find you? Um, the you beach. can find though. <laughs> yes, you can find me at the beach condo this week, enjoying the the surf and the sun. You can also find me on What's On with Stefan Des. Um, go to What's On with Stefan Blogspot dot com. Talk TV. You remember that website? Yes. Well, that one I've I've had that one for like two years now. Um, you can find Moira operating on Professor Pope, repairing the damage done to her labia. <laughs> and uh, you can find me uh, Eternal Labia uh, Eternal Labia <laughs> You can find me on Redemption Cast and Angel Intracast and here <laughs> I guess You're not finding you in the top bunk anymore we're, we're just, We just keep finding more things to do to, than just podcasting and we can do that because we don't take it seriously so um, in fact uh, tomorrow I'm going to introduce him to the Godfather so, <gasps> He's never seen the Godfather? Yeah he picked up the Coppola box set restoration and he's just like he's just like I have to see this eventually I was like I've not. Yeah. I have never seen it. All right, Des. Well, you have a day to get here. (laughs) Okay, I'm on my way. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for FisherCast this week. Uh, Next week, your homework is Season 4, Episode 10, The Black Forest. And it will be The Black Forest of Australia with Simone. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> As for grinding the corn, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes and dust, dust to dust. dust. Bye. Bye. Des, you can walk off into the waves now. No, I don't want to be like Lisa. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> no. It's dark out there and sandy and wet. <laughs> there might be sharks. Yes. 
well, no, because that's at sunrise and sunset is when they're active, and it's full on dark here. But we did have a drowning last night here, right near our condo. You did? Another tourist. Yeah, we've had those storms lately. Yeah. Our riptide right now is extremely bad. It's like the worst it's been in a long time. And uh, tourists come down, they don't know anything about riptides. They don't know anything oh, about, man. you know, you swim parallel to the shore. People swim parallel to the shore. Eventually, you'll get out of it. You don't try to swim for the shore. Have and they at least heard almost... of... Oh, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I was going to say, have they at least uh, heard of Magnum P.I.? Uh, uh, probably not. <laughs> it was a 23-year-old last Anyways. night. But we also almost lost a baby today. Um, Skyla <gasps> saved life. It was. It was. <laughs> this is her big moment. She's like, she. I saved that baby. Gavin dug a hole in the sand behind where we were sitting, and it was like up to Gavin's chest. And he is almost as tall as me now, right? So it was a pretty deep hole, straight down. And there were some people sitting like off to the side of us. And the baby was just crawling around and everything. And, you know, just crawling around the sand, no problem. There weren't that many people out. So the baby crawls over to the hole. The baby's at the edge of the hole, right? One more little, you know, step and, well, crawl. And the baby would be face first down the hole. And Skylar's like, oh, no, no. And she runs over and grabs the baby because the dad didn't see the hole. The dad was a little bit behind the baby. <laughs> and so Skylar saved that baby from falling in the hole. <laughs> She's wow. so proud. Yay, Skylar. Definitely. You know, head first into a, a hole that deep, that kid could have had some problems. Um, are you done telling um, great stories so I can end this podcast? Oh, you should have ended the podcast already? <laughs> no, no. I we mean, don't need to tell that. What? <laughs> You're telling you're telling stories of near death and death and babies, and I, I can't just end the podcast. <laughs> and you said it like you started it right after we ended, so I, I'm still recording. Sorry. <laughs> okay, you can stop now. All right, Story bye, everybody. <laughs> Shh, we already said goodbye. <laughs> oh, Boyer wants you guys out of here. Sorry. <laughs> bye. Oh God.
best dreams. 